Amateur hour. Sorry, this is copyright music. Uh, I just got a phone call. Uh, yeah, we've been. Uh, yeah, we've been canceled. Uh, you guys would have been listening to uh, another episode of a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports, but uh, the guys upstairs in the suits just said no. So uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 74 of Amateur Hour. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And we've got some sports to talk about. We've got our highs. We've got our lows. We've got some beef that should have been leaked that just went public on Twitter between the Durant man and uh, some of his uh, his uh, franchise owners. We've got the honoring of a legacy that transcends basketball. And then we've got some motorcycle accidents and some prescription drug problems. All that and more coming up on this episode of Amateur Hour. Let's get things started with the Weekly Highs. The Weekly Highs. So I've got the Weekly Highs this week. And the first thing I'd like to talk about is the retiring of WNBA legend Sylvia Fowles. Now, if you don't know Sylvia Fowles, get your head out from underneath a rock because she is more decorated than anybody's business. Let me just read off a few of her accolades. Again, we're not really a stats podcast, but I want to talk about these. Two-time WNBA champion. In those two WNBA championships, she was the finals MVP. She was the MVP in the same season as her second win. So she was finals MVP and MVP, eight-time All-Star, Three-time first team, four-time second team, four-time defensive player of the year. So she beat Rudy Gobert. Impressive. <laughs> Seven-time all-defensive first team, three-time all-defensive second team, two-time block leader, three-time rebounding champion. Wow. Retiring and don't forget she's going to be a first, first ballot Hall of Famer, too. Without a doubt. If she's not, somebody. Come no, on. No. 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 She, no, no, no. Not even no, a thought. No, no, she's the no. first. She's the first ballot. Yeah. Not even a thought. There's some, you know, there's some questionable people that kind of slide in. No, this is a this is a double. <laughs> we won't talk about them. They don't need they Jerry don't need West. Was he really that good? <laughs> you can't. No, 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 no. I got I got my so, Jerry West jersey. I'll, I'll go get. No, it. so I'm giving roses to to Sweet Sill because uh, she is. I, I watched her last game. Uh, mm. Just great. On I'm brand. telling you guys. I'm telling you guys. The WNBA is good basketball. I'm telling you, it's the PSA. If you, if if you're like us, and again, you're not a freak athlete, it's it's great. You can learn a lot from the WNBA, and where they're getting way better. Seriously, they would cook us. I mean, that's a given, but like, really stress. I'm really driving on this point. Uh, so yes, congratulations to an incredible career, Miss Sylvia Fowles. I mean, that is that is good stuff. And an on-brand way to go out, too, because she had a double-double. She leads the WNBA career in double-doubles. So Boom. There you go. It's my brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's very, very impressive. Now, my personal weekly high is that I DJed a wedding. 
pretty neat. I had the people dancing. I had them up out of their seats. I had the young, the old, we were dancing to country, classic hits, and all of the in-between. We had them moving and grooving. And at the end of the wedding, one of my favorite parts is uh, the groom came up to me, or one of the friends of the groom was like, hey, just so you know, the groom is secretly a scene kid. I need you to play this song by Fallout Boy. I need you to play this song by Panic at the Disco. And there was a straight up mosh pit going at the end of the night. You know, everybody's had quite a few drinks, but it, well, I was dying <laughs> laughing. These these guys and gals are just going at it in the middle of the dance floor. It was fantastic. And, you know, you played a little bit of Michael Jackson to get kind of the older members oh. of the crowd up. Come on. You Don't get stop till you get seat. enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then you play you play YMCA. So I started with YMCA. Uh, right. You play a little bit of cool in the gang. Everybody's up. Mm. Do, do, Get do, down do, on it. Do, 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 do. Oh, celebrate! Woo-hoo! Oh, that one was a hit. And then and then I just got to say you got to throw in those those uh, classic party hits: Cupid Shuffle, Cha Cha Slide, Con I Joe, Electric Slide. Mm. Didn't play the Electric Slide actually. Mm. That's an oldie but, but a goodie. You got to dust that one classic. off. That's not a, yeah. That, I don't know if I don't know what the vibe is of that, because uh, some of these some of these songs like are like transcend the type of party right? or transcend the type of event. Some like Doesn't you matter. can play it. Put them on and people are like yeah, yeah. Middle school dance, high school dance, wedding. Like I think funeral. the Night Joe's. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I said funeral. No, no one's playing the Cotton Eye Joe in my funeral. I will not allow it. That'll be on the do not playlist. <laughs> it's right. They throw the dirt in your casket. You hear out of nowhere. Cotton Eye Joe. I just hear stomps. Just absolute stomps because everyone's doing the Cotton Eye Joe. And I'm just you like, literally my roll over like, in your grave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my body's just like shaking up and down. I'm like, what? And it's like CPR because everyone's I said, don't do this. It's a celebration <laughs> of life. But the Cotton Eye Joe has no place. Oh my god! No place, no place. Yeah, but that so, yeah, is a, so that, that is a that is a song. Yeah, dude, it was a it, that is a song indeed. Well said. <laughs> so that was my weekly high. Uh, it was my first wedding, and people asked me for a business card. So maybe I got a side hustle. Maybe I got a future in wedding DJ. Ooh. who knows? Who's to say? Yeah, no, I think so folks, if I you think, need a wedding uh, DJ for cheap, it's me. It's the start of something new. Yeah, you might. We might All have right. to. We might have to do amateur hour at weddings. It's just live, live, live wedding recording. podcast. Yeah. Oh you just play. That's that's the that's the track list. It's just an hour and a hour of us talking over. Oh, the father daughter dance. Okay. <laughs> and here's the thing. This is how we feel about James Harden. All right, the guy's got no backbone. They're like just dancing, walking back and forth. I I All break right. it to song. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's do it. New industry. All right. I'm going to get things turned down with that thought. Mm. Sure. What's the, what's bad this week? <laughs> the lows. Oh man, Max, I, I have a theme for this week's lows. Uh, not Home Depot, but lows. Oh, okay. And uh, this week it's going to be all, it's going to be about biking. It's a biking oh. low this week. Okay. So let's start with let's start with my personal low. My personal low is that okay. Now I was just driving, driving, cruising through a residential neighborhood, nice, nice neighborhood, and um, it's got it's the the street's like a hill, so it's just like a little bit of an incline, but then it's like kind of a winding hill, right? And it's it's a wide road too, so 
anyone that's like walking could probably have space on the sidewalk or on the on the road and you know be fine with people driving right by them and stuff so okay so i'm coming up the road and there's a guy uh he's riding his bike and he's got like the full cycling triathlon type gear on you know what i mean like the the what is it is it like spandex what what do they wear what is it's it's like spandex the the weird helmet the clicky clunky shoes yeah it's like he's like full like biker he's like full biker gear and i'm like okay cool he's on my side I'll just kind of, okay, he's not like uh, waiting for anybody. He didn't stop. So I'm just going to, okay, if he's just going to stay at his normal pace, I'll indicate that I'm going to go around him and just kind of go by him because there's no one coming from the other side. So I start to do that. This guy sees that I'm doing that. He doesn't put a hand up or anything. He just veers to the left. He just veers to the left to it. Like, and his house, I guess, is on the other side, but he didn't put a hand up. He didn't, he didn't stop. Normally if I'm biking and I'm trying to get to the other side of the road, I, I, I don't even put my hand up. I'll just stop where I am, wait for the car to go by me and then make my turn. Cause I'm like, I don't want to put my hand out and confuse people. I'll just wait. Like waiting is usually a sign that people can go by it. This guy is just like, no, I'm just going to go right across the street to, to my house. And then he has the audacity, Mac, to he's on his driveway facing like facing his house like i'm facing behind his behind he's on his bike and he turns around and gives me like a death stare like i was the one that did something wrong wow and i was like i literally i'm normally not a honker i don't honk unless i'm literally like about my car is about to get hit type of you honk like no well i did the i did (laughs) i don't know what came over i did the the I did like a little old hand motion, like the like the what's going like the the hand up thing, like you know the meme where you're like what's going on like and you put your hand up and you turn it to the side. I was like, dude, what are you like staring at me for? Because man's is like riding his bike and like trying to get hit or something. Now he thinks that I'm the one that like is that hey, here, asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, if your house is right there, you probably could wait a couple seconds. Why didn't wait he wait? Why didn't he wait? No clue. And I'm like, and I'm like, of course he's wearing all biker gear. Like he's like, like top Hard-o. class, Hard-o. yeah, like top class, top notch, Tour de France biker oh, out here. He's probably got one, uh, you know, what too. <laughs> To emulate his favorite athlete. Hell no, <laughs> he doesn't. You know, it's like not. we buy basketball shoes to our favorite athlete. He, uh, well, did something a little bit more extreme. <laughs> I don't think Lance did anything wrong. <laughs> wow, Shay, that's unfortunate, dude. Road yeah, rate, I was man. pissed. I was pissed. It was. I was already having like a kind of like ugh, what's going on today, and and when that guy, when that guy was like, nah, like who cares? Is on the road. I'm I'm on a bike. I was like, come on, dude. I had to, I had to tell, I normally I just look by and be like, all right, whatever. I'll just put, put it past. It. Like he probably haven't, he probably didn't know what to do there, but I literally had to be like, nah, dude, yeah. like what's going on? Like, it's not my fault. <laughs> put a hand up, <laughs> put a hand up. Seriously. I'm like Mark Jackson, hand down, man down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Or just break, dude. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I was like, Ugh. okay. For my sports low to keep on the bike theme. We talk about this team a lot, but recently 
a player that we've we've mentioned as the Red Sox continuous quote unquote savior, season savior for the past couple of years has been Chris Sale. Chris Sale last week <laughs> decided that you know during his rehab, he's rehabbing from the pinky injury we talked about a line drive hitting him in his throwing hand, uh, fracturing his pinky. And, you know, he was already kind of iffy to come back at the end of the year. And we were already like, oh, great. Classic, bad, you know, bad luck. Chris Sale is out. You expected him to play. And then he's wow, not going to wow. be there for you. What, what a classic. Haha. Like, I, I would have written the script, like, last year. But then he's rehabbing or something, you know, he's going, he's, he's in Boston. He decides, no, I'm going to go out, you know, go, go hop on my bike, my bicycle, not even his motorcycle, my bicycle and, you know, driving and, and ride it and get lunch. He, I don't know what happened. He said he went down a hill and he said he didn't hit anything. He didn't know what he hit. Heim Bloom, the GM also came out and said, we don't know what he hit. We don't know how he hit it. He hits something on the road or something happens and he flies over the handlebars and fractures his wrist. And now it's he had a ghost. He had yeah, a ghost. He, he had a ghost or something. Someone someone had the you know <laughs> you know the when you know the trick kids used to play when one person stands on one side of the street and the other person stands on the other side of the street and they, and they do the, the ghost line yeah they pretend to pull a rope so co- uh, cars will be like what the heck are these kids doing and they just let us slow down Maybe, maybe, maybe the ghost line got him. Maybe some kids were pulling the invisible line prank and he tripped over it. Who knows? He slams on his brakes. He goes <laughs> way over the handlebars. That sucks. Okay, same thing. Same like your guy, like, couldn't use his hands. Why did he – you know what? I don't know. You know, falling off a bike is tough. But like, That one's dude, different, why yeah. Land, why did you land with your hands, right? You are a baseball player. Your hands got to be one of your most valuable assets. Try to land on your back, dude. Max, why is he biking? Why can someone can he someone get this exercise. man lunch? Can, he wants exercise. <laughs> he can't rehab at the facility and get exercise at the facility. I'm on Chris Sale's side, man. He wants I'm to go for a nice bike. As long as he wasn't wearing the spandex and the click clock <laughs> shoes. I'm all for no it, man. Get, guy, get on no, your bike. No one can DoorDash the guy. No one can buy the guy lunch. No one can go over and get a pastrami sandwich and bring it back to him. He's gotta no. he's gotta go alone. First of all, alone go get lunch, ride a bike to get there. Like, I don't know, man. In Boston, hilly area he was in, or he was, the street he was in was hilly. Like, I don't know, dude. You're in the middle of a rehab. I feel like people should know what type of exercise you're doing and what. You shouldn't just hop on a bike. Especially considering that if he had rehabbed normally, they were expecting him to come back. Maybe at the end, maybe in September, like maybe he'd get a couple games if they made the playoffs somehow. Remarkably, I don't think so. But if they did, he might have had a chance. He might have had a chance. Who knows? Right now, there's for sure no chance. Like this man needs to be bubble wrapped. I don't know. Like he just has the worst luck. And the worst part is the team keeps believing that he's going to be there when they need him the most. Like he's going to save the day. This is the guy you're expecting to save the day? I don't think so. Hey, we got a guy on one of my basketball teams that said, oh, I'm going to play with you guys. And then first game rolls around. He's like, ah, oh, I'm not going to. My hamstring is hurt. And then next game rolls around. He's like, oh, it's, it's almost there. And then this is the third game. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be out for the season. 
Wow. But, he was he was being talked up, so everybody was like really hyped. Apparently, a six five point guard, you know, uh-huh. great handles, former overseas, you know. So it's literally it's like waiting for Chris Sale. It's like, oh, he's the man. He's yeah. gonna save us, take us to the promised land, and then he doesn't show up. So yeah, Chris Sale, he's the guy from SpongeBob that has a heart attack and breaks his glass bones and his arms <laughs> and his legs. That's him. He is. He is. But. <sighs> I mean, it just shows you got to have depth so that you're not focusing on him being the savior all the time. It's but tough. Cesc Lavi. So Lavie. let's talk. I want everybody to get their napkins and their forks and knives out because we're going to dive into the meat and the potatoes. And the first topic that we're going to talk about today is uh, some more superstar drama. That's right, folks. It's out of the NBA. Who is surprised? It comes out of our favorite player of all time, Kevin Durant. And while we do not dislike Kevin Durant because he's such an incredible talent, I am starting to get fed up with kind of his antics. Uh, Mm. This recent bout of internet drama came from his public Twitter beef. Now, a lot of times when you think of Twitter beef, you're like, oh, it's leaked, right? Shams got a little bit of it. A league source, quote unquote, got a little bit of it. It was what? a little bit in the middle. Yeah, it was like a middling Twitter public plus Shams leak type of deal mashup. It was a, it was a remix beef, Max. <laughs> it was a remix beef. So what happened is Kevin Durant reinstated himself. He's he's like he's like, "Hey, I just want y'all to know that I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be here." Right? So he said that he's he's like, "I'm not going to be here." He said and he said, "This is a new ultimatum." Now, I just want everybody to know if you're in a relationship, you never give an ultimatum. That's real bad. It never works out. Never works out. You will always lose. He gave an ultimatum with his relationship with the Nets. He's like, either you guys fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks or you get rid of me. He's like, it's only it's one or the other. It's like you guys either believe in the head coach and the GM or you believe in me. And I'm Kevin freaking Durant. So, you know, duh, 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 duh. What happened, Shrey? The guy comes out, Joe Tsai, the owner, started beefing with him on publicly on Twitter. Yep. So he tweets, uh, last week he tweets, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make the decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. That means Kevin Durant, you can take that one to the bank. That's crazy. And now, Max, even if he's lying, right, even if he's trying to save face and, you know what I mean, he's making like a blanket statement, can, you put that out there, your own account, this is a statement, you want it out there, a public statement, You, I, I don't think you can come back from that type of statement, even if you're trying to put on a facade of like, we're going to take a side here and things like that. The public perception is now that you have taken the side against Durant. I don't think that's something that you can come off of and say, no, 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 I know we meant staff, but we meant our whole organization. It's like, no, you had a chance to change your words. It's been a week. He hasn't said anything about it. Well, do you, really, do you really think that? You think that he really is is taking, I mean, I think he said he'd make the decision that's best for the Nets. That could mean mm-hmm. Durant. I don't, I think I might disagree there and don't think that it inherently means screw you, Kevin. At the same time, I think he may be inferring screw you, Kevin, but those words mm-hmm. may be an all-inclusive. Okay, so you think it's more of he's added enough vague vagueness to it that he could kind of get himself out of a hole if the media were to say, 
No, no, no. You mean get kicked right out of here. All I want to say is we've seen worse with Aaron Rodgers, right? In Brian Gutekunst. Mm. I mean, the guy was literally, he's like, he's like, I am leaving if you guys don't get rid of this guy. And mm. again, bluff was called. Adjustments were made. That, 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 right. that, that, that. That's still a bad look, and I can't imagine how these guys are sitting in the same room together, to be honest with you. They are, right? We know that yeah. they're, they've kind of got the team back together. But in my mind, you know, that was pretty bad. So I think this is a similar scenario where it's like, okay, you say these things. What's actually going to happen is what I'm curious about. Yeah, there's a, and it seems like there's been a lot of similar situations around sports nowadays, right? You're talking about Aaron Rodgers from last year. We're talking about all the reporting that came out about Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. And now that Kyler Murray is signed, now they have to kind of hash things out organizationally and all the things that have come out we've talked about before. Kyler, are you doing your studying? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll be back in half an hour. I just want to share share something with everybody on that Kyler Murray topic. Kyler Murray, every year, as soon as the new Call of Duty for that year comes out, he plays significantly worse. Somebody ran the numbers. I saw the stats. Right? Pre-Call of Duty. I can't remember what it was. It was looking at his overall rating, his passing efficiency. A couple percentage ticks better than mid-October and onward after Call of Duty comes out. So some believe this is why they included the study clause. (laughs) Someone's got to ask him straight up. Someone's got to ask him, like, what's your favorite video game? If he answers COD... They, they they just got the headline right there. You, know, it's like a you got the, you got the receipts. So yeah, you got the sh- straight. And I was going to say Aiden too. Aiden is also another uh, story that we talked about of the actions not fitting in with what what ended up happening. Wow. The result. I don't see how this dude is still on the Suns. To be completely honest with you, right? People so are happy that, that he's here. Yeah, but oof. <laughs> It's a oof, no, and these are all oof situations, Max. And so this is another one. This is this is the biggest oof of all because of how long it's happened, how kind of tiring and exhaustive this process has been. Both sides won't back down. Both sides have taken a stand, but there's been no action. And that's the only thing is everything is all words, but no action. And that's what people are tired about. It's like, dude, like, okay. All bark, no bite. Yeah. Yeah. It's been that so far. So, yeah, kind of what, what are your thoughts on this whole process, how exhaustive it's been? Well, no, Shrey, you said that, and I said this pre-pod. Uh, I can't be the only one. Exhaustive, but exhausted is the word that I'm thinking about right now. I can't mm-hmm. be the only one that's just kind of like, come on, guys. Come on. I get that it's drama. I get that the media loves to spin a story. And I get that it's Kevin Durant, the man who tweeted, Scarlett Johansson, I will drink your bathwater. But at the same time, guys... Guys, let's try to be professional about this, right? Let's try. We know that Katie's going to take to Twitter. I guess it's just a given. But like, oh, this will they, won't they? Will mm. she, won't she? You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm tired of it. That's my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it. I just, I'm kind of over it. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'm only not over it because of the implications that a Kevin Durant trade would have on the league. Like if this was any nope. other player, yeah. then I'd be like, like, who cares? You know what I mean? But Kevin Durant, <laughs> when healthy, is a top five player in the league. Right? Offensively at least, you can make it a, you can make your arguments. Who cares? But he's that type of player. 
when he moves, it makes waves. People get traded. People get dropped. People, it, it happens. That is the only reason. And I'm only interested because our team continues, Max, our team, the Celtics, continue to be in the crossfires of these stories. It's all that fake. I, no. I literally, yeah. even no, if yes, they're fake, says, I, yeah. even if they're fake, even if they're real, I, I kind of want that to stop because of the makeup just, just doesn't fit, right? So that's the only reason why I'm interested of how this thing is lo- like kind of slowly turning its head. Um, Max. Yeah. If you what? had to pick, if you had to pick, what do you think happens by the beginning of the season with Kevin Durant? Do you think he's on the team, on the Brooklyn Nets, first game of the season? Uh, yeah, he's probably doing a Ben Simmons in Philly, though. Mm, he's holding out. This is We've done these before, and if you guys go back to our previous episodes, we've done these predictions about like what's going to happen. We kind of get them right. You know, It's just tough to say. It's like the Kyrie situation was ever-evolving. We didn't really yeah. know where that was going to go. Um, I didn't think he was going to play the whole year. I think Shrey, you said he was going to come back at some point. Um, but yeah, uh, with Kevin Durant at the start of the season, I mean, we still got a couple months, you know what I mean? Like we got all the the training camp. We got all the training camp. I think KD is gonna, it's just, here's the thing. He's on the nets because other teams don't have a trade package for him. Yep. That's why the nets are postulating. And they're like, hey, Kevin, we went out. We couldn't find anything that was worth because they're not going to trade him if they can't get anything for him. Kevin, on the other hand, maybe internally throwing and sabotaging, hoping to get his trade value down so he can just mm-hmm. GTFO. But everybody knows it's Kevin Durant, even if he is 36 years old. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just, That's my opinion. Like, I think he's on the team. He's just sitting. Yeah, and what team, even if they, they lower the price, like how how low will the price even go? Like, it's still Kevin How Durant low at the can end it of the go? day. <laughs> can it go down low? <laughs> On the way to the flow? No, it can't. Because it's it like you go- just said, it's Kevin Durant. Right. There's a barrier on the low side. There's a barrier on the high side. Someone's going to give up a lot of value either way. The only team that I could think of giving up that type of value is OKC. That's the only team. They have so much draft. And, like, obviously, he probably wouldn't want to go back there considering all that's perspired, transpired. But, um, oh, that's perspired. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of sweat. Of, a lot of sweat on this court. <laughs> so much, so much sweat and tears in that organization. But that's the only team in terms of, in terms of value and trade value that they have. But it's a lot. It's a lot. It's definitely drama that I'm going to keep tuning into just because of the 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 long-term implications of a Durant trade, right? Players like this don't get traded very often in the league. They usually find their way through free agency to a different team. Trading this type of player is is almost monumental, right? I think of Dwight Howard. In his right 2012, Dwight Howard. Do you remember how crazy that trade was when it first went down? Four teams, like 10 or 11 players. Like, that's the type of thing. Like, if I Durant is better at this stage than Dwight Howard was at that stage, so to, yeah. so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to trade this type of guy and to see how much value would go back and forth and how many teams might be involved. It's gonna be a headache, man. To see how this impl- the implications of this on the league, and that's why he's staying on the roster. All right, mm. so 
I want to change gears here. Uh, get your get your dinner spoons out. We finished with the fork and knives. We're not quite on dessert yet, but we are we are making our way to the second course. Um, we need to honor as basketball fans, and the entire NBA is doing the same thing and feeling the same way. Not everybody agrees with it, but I think there's kind of a, an obligation in some ways to honor one of the the most winning individual player throughout the entire NBA's history. Bill Russell has passed away. And I know this was about two weeks ago now, and we didn't talk about it originally, uh, but we just, I just want to go back. Just kind of want to just, just give our roses to him. And I want to ask you a question, Shrey. And you, we can get in, we can just honor him first, but I want you to answer this question for me. Who was mm-hmm. better? And take, interpret better with how you will. Who's better? Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain? Mm. Wow. So think about that. And while you think about that, just think about that. I just want yeah. to say, just for the news standpoint, the entire league is going to be wearing a patch with the number six. The number six is now retired across the entire NBA. How high of an honor is that? As to Mr. Russell. I mean, that is phenomenal. The guy had 11 championships. I mean, you said the picture of him sitting with his hands and his, uh, you know, his head in his hands with all the rings on his fingers, just smiling. Yeah. Um, and he also, too, he he was just such a huge activist. Yeah, off the within, court too. Within, yeah, off the court. He was the first. What is it, the first black head coach? Yep. You know, uh, a huge voice for people of color throughout the NBA. And at a time where, oh boy, go in the history oh books. Let's uh, go back to the time that Bill Russell was not only playing ball, but then coaching, and then onward until today. I mean, the guy literally did what a lot of people couldn't do. And was such a, a, a moving piece within, you know, civil rights for black athletes for all that stuff. So the hat is off from us to Mr. Russell and from the NBA to Mr. Russell. The one thing I want to laugh at is that having uh, they want to do something in the, all the arenas too. The thing that gets me is that there's going to be a Celtics player being honored in the Crypto.com arena for love the it. Lakers. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. That. You gotta love it. The infiltration is just perfect. Dude. <laughs> it's perfect. That that that's the team that Wilt played, right? And now you got Russell honored in that arena. Yeah. So man, yeah. And now the Warriors too. You know, we got beef with the Warriors now. You know, the Wizards. Everybody that we kind of have many beefs with. Milwaukee. <laughs> the Nets. The one. <laughs> the one thing though. The one thing though. This is this is the one person, regardless of team regardless of affiliation nba wise that yeah not many people have a problem with this with 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 mr bill russell being honored in their arena just because of his wide-ranging impact on and off the court i think people understand that enough to not say oh he was a boston celtic at one point and we hate the celtics no like, he he was a exactly he was a basketball player correct to everyone to everyone first and then he was an amazing human being too so i think all of that together people are happy that his number is getting retired like jackie robinson's was in the mlb so this is yep. this is that one of the guy, best to ever want. do it i'm just, right. i'm honestly i'm not gonna lie to you i had the hairs on the back of my neck stand up just thinking about what he what what he's done what his legacy yeah. is and 
and I mean, how he's watch, been an ambassador I, I, of the game too right like he go he yeah. talks at all the events that he could right you know during covid obviously but he still yeah, made videos for events and things of that nature he was still involved with the league and he still showed love to the celtics so it's it, it's something mm-hmm. that like people remember his face people like i saw a video on on uh, online the other day of Bill Russell talking to Kobe, I think it was during the 08 All-Star game and talking about how like he just loves his attitude and loves his enjoyment of the game yes. and everything of that nature. Yes. And it was just I I yes. had goosebumps listening. I didn't I don't think I've ever seen that clip before. I don't know how that went that got by me, but that's just an amazing clip too. So like he really loves the game and he loves the players that stand for the the highest parts of the game. So yeah, in 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 one of my favorite quotes, I'll just or not quotes, but just one of his kind of mentality about Bill Russell is he was always like the first one down, and he was always, always, always the first one back. Mm. He said whatever he did, whatever happened on the play on the offensive end, he was always the first one back on defense to protect the paint, to protect the house. I mean, you know, a defensive. I just, I mean, we could go into his accolades, but if you don't know who Bill Russell is, come on now. A just yeah. in, in legendary, yeah, and like, okay, yeah, I, I'm getting, I'm fanboying over here. So Shay, I want to revisit our question real quick. Uh, Whomst no. is better, Bill Russell or Will oh, Chamberlain? Geez. Okay, so I, there's no wrong answer to this question, but if you had to make me pick, gun to your I, head, fate of the universe on the line. Laser pointed at Earth. Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's pointing it at me. Type of deal. He's about. He's about to snap. He's about to. He's about to turn me to dust. I mean, how can you? How can you go against Russell? Right when you talk about the type of players that they were, Russell obviously being the the grit of the understanding his role as a rebounder and as a defender, and he didn't he 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 was so good at doing that on the court and hustling right if you how athletic he was at a, at that in at that time of basketball insane right and his ability to jump at his height and everything insane he focused on that role so well that he his team had the scores right he, they had Havlicek Sam Jones right they Kuzi they had offensive players Right. He focused on his role so well. Will Chamberlain, on the other hand, was on the other side. His offensive game was unmatched during that period in time, right? In period of basketball history. And his defense it, was good by default because... Right, he was tall. But I will say that there are, like from what I've heard, there are times in, in Will's career that people talk about his effort. Mm. Not just defensively, but just kind of like... You know what I mean? When the game is going not his way and stuff, like his effort sometimes uh, doesn't With show that. Or dwindle, yeah. Yeah, it dwindles. But it's nothing to say that his talent wasn't far superior than any uh, any offensive talent and rebounding talent wasn't far superior than any of the the centers of that region, right? Like like of that of that time period, right? Who else could average fifty points and twenty five boards? In a season. In the the legendary, alleged 100-point game. 100-point game. Like, I wouldn't put it past that the Knicks were kind of garbage. So, it's just something where it's like, 
if I had to pick, and then considering what worked in that era too, right? During the 50s and 60s, what player worked better for that team? Russell. Russell Russell's role led to the led to winning. Like obviously Red Arback built an amazing team. But it was all built around Russell doing his role at the highest level possible with the highest energy. And he made basketball he made every mind. single person made every single person in the court better than they were. Exactly. And what what other player could be player coach at the end of his career? That just shows you the basketball mind he was. Right into it, yeah. To right into the end of his career. And then they won a championship that year too in 69. So it's just, it, I, I, I know it's more, at this point, it's more stat-based and it's tough. Like obviously we're way too young to have known anything other than what we saw online and what we heard about, right? But at this point, I think considering all that is uh, talked about that era and what stats we have of that era and what videos we have of that era, I'm I'm just gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with the with the championship goat, Bill Russell. So, yeah, and I'm gonna follow that up with exactly that. Who is a better offensive player, Wilt Chamberlain? Of course. Who is a better defensive player? Bill Russell. Of course. Who is a better passer? Bill Russell. Rebounding? Mm, they both are argued. really good. Yeah. Now, defensively, and who is going to, again, and this is the big one for me. It's like, you play with, who do I want on my team? I got Wilt Chamberlain. I got a guy who was capable of going off for 80 points, casual, no big deal. You know, right. 60 points, 35 points minimum. You know, is he going to make me better as a player on my team? I don't know. But Bill Russell sure will. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm picking him. I don't know if that's – well, no, because he's making – it's a team. It's a team sport. And he embodied – like he he showed us why how team basketball is so successful. Even when you have great talent and it doesn't always win, all you need to do is play hard and, and play smart and play with your team and then boom. Love and it. I mean it helps that obviously the players surrounding Russell were better than those Sixers teams and those Warriors teams that will kind of – Chamberlain had. Yeah, yeah, we'll kind of have to carry. Like he had some good players, like Hal Greer and 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 um, players like that, like some good scores. But overall, the depth of those Celtics teams were just unmatched during that era. Right? How can you win eleven championships if you're not able to to have good depth uh, all around? But having yeah. a star like him, like someone still got a lead on the court, and Bill Russell, arguably the best leader of that era. I think that's an intangible that it's tough. This to one's not going to show up on the stat sheet, guys. Right. It's, it's not, but it's something that requires is required for winning at the highest level possible and continued success too. So book it, Bill Russell. Boom. All right, folks, we are on with our last minutes here. We are on to the topic of drugs and motorcycles. <laughs> So get your get your dessert spoon out. Get your dessert fork. Uh, get your napkin. Get the big spoon out. Uh, we got uh, we got a, a a big name in baseball. I when, when you get to it, I'm going to tell you what my favorite quote is. But Trey, you you you, you take this one because yeah, obviously we, so we know who the baseball guy is here. It's not me. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a doozy, Max. This is one of the faces of baseball. His name is Fernando Tatis Jr. He is part of the San Diego Padres team that 
has a lot of money put up against put up for uh, for their star power, right? They have three marquee guys on their team that are making three hundred are going to or, or or right now make three hundred million if they continue to keep them. One is Manny Machado. The other in that capability of getting that type of contract is Juan Soto, who they just traded for the the trade deadline. And, and the last of that three of those three being Fernando Tatis, who just signed a 14-year, $340 million contract in the February of last year, 2021. So massive oh deal, 14-year deal, right? So big he's the big bag. He's one of the faces of baseball. Right, if you consider Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Tatis is right there. His personality, right? People talk about him. Uh, one of the first things he did when he came into the league was he hit a grand slam uh, on a three zero count with like already up a bunch of runs, and the other team was like, "Oh, the unwritten rules of baseball. He shouldn't be able to do this." The other manager was like, "It's kind of a dumb move. He shouldn't have done this." And everyone was like, what are you whining about? These stupid unwritten rules of baseball? Like, let the kid hit. If the kid can hit, he can hit, right? So people started to get, like, they were like, oh, Fernando Tatis, we love his attitude. He just wants to go out there. He wants to, to smash homers, and he just wants to play the game. People loved him. Now he gets caught in this iffy territory now because in March he was he, he fractured his wrist after uh, a couple of – motorcycle accidents he had a couple i guess in that off in this past off season yes and this is my favorite quote they when asked about uh <laughs> his the injuries resulting from his motorcycle accident he said quote which one <laughs> yeah they were just asking about the one he fractured his wrist and he went which one and they were like excuse me hey, y'all the media <laughs> did you know who you just told that to the media <laughs> and they said yeah give me that yeah give me that for the story Exactly. So he's already on kind of thin ice because of that that whole incident, right? Where you're a you're a star baseball player. They've invested all this money in you last year, and you're riding a motorcycle around. You're being kind of careless, right? It's already kind of iffy. So he's rehabbing from that, Max. And just this past week, report came out that Fernando Tatis, or actually a couple days ago, I think, Fernando Tatis was going to be suspended 80 games for use of a performance-enhancing drug called Clostabol. Clostabol, it's an anabolic steroid, and it supposedly has skin, like, have a skincare-type function, like, in terms of medication, but it's not over the counter from what I've heard. And what Fernando Tatis is saying is that he was using it to treat a ringworm condition that he had on his skin. And my question to allegedly. him is... Allegedly. That's what he's saying. My question to him is, aren't medications run by your team doctors? <laughs> And wouldn't they know what has clostebol in it and what doesn't? Uh, and- yeah, well, he had to do this one. Uh, yeah, his team doctors, you know, they weren't the holistic naturopaths that he needed. <laughs> so he had to uh, go through the back door on this one. 
<laughs> yeah, he didn't have to eat uh, leaves and seeds, but he had to take Clostaball, it seems like, to get his condition. So this is huge, right? Because this is a face of your... Uh, this is a face of your league. This is a face of your team. You've invested as a Padre franchise or as a fan. You your team has invested this a lot of money and a lot of years on this kid, right? And it seems like, and from what I've seen of comments made by his teammates, they're starting to get sick and tired of Fernando Tatis and how he's carrying himself uh, in in his personal life. Right, like obviously, on when he's on the field, it seems like he plays his heart out, and they love people love the way he plays. But how he get how he's preparing his his focus outside of the field and outside of outside of the the white lines in that stadium, it just seems like it's not it's not on baseball, and not on the right parts of baseball at least. And like you had. Uh, Joe Musgrove say some things about how he's like, you know, it's, and I think Mike Clevenger also came out and they kind of said the same things about this is, you know, the second incident that's happened and we're just want to, you know, we just want to make sure he's in it and like, is his head in it? And like, we kind of, they, they're kind of confused, right? Like if your own teammates aren't, don't know where you're going, what you're thinking about the game and how, how you want to approach it. That's bad news, right? Your teammates should always know that you're in it, especially if you're the star, if you are the franchise. They but gotta he's know. on drugs. And now he's out 80 games, Max. He already wasn't playing because of his rehab. 80 games? Right. So basically half a season. And so he's already not playing because of the wrist injury, right? He was already on his way back. And they were like, he's already he's coming back and he's almost there. Then, bam, this report comes out, 80 games. So he's going to have to do the rest of the season, I think something along 30, 40 games next se- to start next season. So that's, Well, that's the, theme of, that's the theme of today. It's like you're waiting on your savior. But, I mean, it's not like, yeah, but it's not like they're, they're, they're strapped for talent either. You exactly. Know what I mean? Exactly, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I hear you, and it's frustrating when, again, when you're waiting on your big third to come out. Right. And, and, and like you said, when you invest so much money and time that's as a thing. franchise and as a fan base, you know what I mean, you know how many kids out there got a Tatis jersey that are oh. not going to be able to respectfully wear it for the rest Ooh. of the season? That's messed up. It's tough, right? <laughs> and like when we talk about his, 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 now his viewpoint, right? Like when we came, when he came into the league, everyone loved him for how he approached the game, how he just wanted to go out and play baseball and didn't care about unwritten rules and you know all this stuff but now he's now the view on him now is kind of like oh he's a ped user already in his career it's already happened right and regardless of what the use case he was like maybe he's truthful in how he was using it he really didn't know that's not what the perception is going to be about him using it right people are going to see that he used it and that's always going to point back to him. People are always going to ask questions about his 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 thought process about the game and how he how he goes about fulfilling his duties as a San Diego Padre and MLB player for the for for the considerable future until he kind of gets out of this hole, right? People are going to ask, like, "Hey, is your head in it? Do you really want to be on this team? Do you want? Are, are you going to do the right things to be an MLB player?" 
that's the that's the question that's gonna haunt him for some time until he proves that hey this is a fluke incident i'm gonna rewrite my career from this point on but that's gonna take years max it doesn't it doesn't happen in a day so that's the only issue that he's gonna have to face and it's it's a big one it's a doozy you don't want to tarnish your reputation but uh when you get that much money man yeah sometimes you stop caring and that's sad to see but uh Tatis, I'll talk to you later. I love the alliteration. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. All right, well, folks, that, that about does it for today. Uh, we got some big news coming up. We got some big things in the works. Uh, you may be seeing the same podcast, but looking brand new. So don't. No, I didn't say anything, though. Um, so big stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks. Stay tuned with everything. Um, we'll keep everybody posted as it goes. But you've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Stress. And we will see you next time. Peace.